All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 3. I don't know why I always say if you have your Bibles, of course you have your Bible. Amen? This is a Bible preaching church. Amen? You can go to Sister Anna's down there on 136 and get your palm read, but you can come to church and read the Bible. Amen? And that tells us the real future. And that's what I'm going to preach on this morning. I hope to finish uh, Philippians chapter 3. I've been in it all month, and I don't say that boringly. I hope you haven't been bored. I've got a lot out of it, and I think I've got this chapter down. And You know, I just really believe we ought, to, we ought to preach the Word and let the Word preach. And I never get tired of that, and I also never get tired of knowing where I'm, what I'm going the next service. So I think we're going to finish Philippians chapter 3. I won't say that for sure, but um, I've enjoyed it, and I've got a lot out of it, and I've been challenged uh, by this Word. Uh, and you know, that song, Miss Kaylee, goes right along with the message. We're going to one day cast our crowns at His feet. And only what's done for Christ will last, and only what's done by faith will last. And what's done for His glory will last. And that's what we're preaching on this morning. And you know, I believe in the last days. I believe the rapture could take place any minute. When I heard about the shooting in uh, Kentucky, Bible Belt, the buckle of the Bible Belt, my son-in-law's hometown, uh, matter of fact, his brother was at the scene before anyone was there, before even the policeman, and so and his cousin was the one that was shot and killed, Preston Cope. Um, you know, I thought about, boy, we're in the last days. Tonight I'm going to preach on that. I'm going to preach on why the school zones turned into a war zone and why. And I want you to be here. Now, if you've if you got a more important TV program uh, uh, than that, you, uh, you need to get right with God because I'm telling you, we need revival. We don't need regulations. We need revival. And I'm going to deal with what it's going to take for us to uh, stop these shootings. And, uh, and uh, I, my, my heart's been broken. I hope I'll preach it with a broken heart. I saw the interview of the Cope family, Preston's uh, parents, as they poured their heart out and they started the interview with, this is senseless. This is senseless. I'm, I agree. It's senseless. But there's a problem. There's a problem in America, and it's not just the school systems. Uh, I, I, had my, I drove all the way to Chattanooga to put my kids in uh, uh, Chattanooga, I mean Chattanooga, Tennessee Temple Academy, and I did it on purpose. Uh, but I'm telling you, friend, there's a, there's a core problem. There's a deep-seated problem in America. And it's not just because we kick prayer out of school and kick God out of school. That has a lot to do with it. But there's something else I'm going to deal with tonight. So don't miss it. Don't miss it, because I really believe we can have revival if we'll, if we'll come and hear the Word of God and put everything aside and put God first. So I'm going to preach a message entitled, The School Zone Has Turned Into a War Zone, Why? And I hope that you'll bring some lost teenagers with you, because they need to get saved. This morning we're going to preach on uh, the last point of Philippians chapter 3, on the prospect of the believer. The prospect of the believer. Three or four weeks ago, we preached on the purity of the believer. And then the, uh, then the, um, um, uh, the, the, you know, not just the purity of the believer, but the, the uh, uh, priority of the believer. And uh, just had a good time preaching on values. You know, the value system. Uh, we ought to have a proper perspective, a different perspective than the world. There are, we ought to value some things like soul winning, the Word of God, and worship, and preaching, and knowing God, and salvation. 
different than the world pictures. It's a perspective of the believer. Then we preach on the pursuit of the believer. That means we ought to have the right vigor. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. The right purpose of ardency, that we ought to be ardent followers of God. The word uh, fanatic comes from the root word fan. And the word fan means ardent followers. And I want to tell you something, friend. We need to put God first. And we need to be vigorous about it, enthusiastic about it. Amen? We ought to listen enthusiastically. I believe we're, uh, in these last days we got a little too stale. There ought to be some amens around here. Not because I'm a great preacher. I appreciate your patience. I've learned to preach here. This is my first pastorate. But I mean, you ought to amen the Word of God. Amen. And you ought to be enthusiastic enough to, uh, to be alert during the message so the neighbor can look at you and say, hey, he's interested. Maybe I ought to get interested. So I believe there ought to be some enthusiasm in our worship. And not, not fantasism and not sensationalism and not sensualism, but, but uh, enthusiasm. And then I believe there ought to be the right uh, performance, and that means just do it, and that means example, and that's what I preached on last week. And this morning, I'd like to conclude this series and I've got 19 pages of notes, and you better thank God it's a series. If I'd have tried to preach this in one setting, I would have been fired for preaching too long. Amen, I'm sure, because it would have took me all day. So I just divided it up, and uh, I'm going to keep this series. Matter of fact, I'm preaching to the Tri-State Preachers Fellowship um, this uh, February 9th, I believe it is, Calvary Baptist Church, and I'll be the first preacher, and the second preacher will be Dr. Sammy Allen. So I better make it brief. Amen? But uh, I'm honored to preach in the same uh, pulpit with him. And I appreciate him so much and his faithfulness. He's been preaching a lot longer than I have. And uh, I'm going to probably preach this. I'm going to probably preach Philippians chapter 3 in about 30 minutes. So you pray for me. But I'm going to preach on the prospects of the believer. You know, we got some good prospects. I'm not talking about visitation. Connie and I had some good prospects yesterday. They wanted some help with their family. And so I said, well, we're coming to your home first and visit you, and get you in church. And, um, but, uh, you know, the prospect of the believer is bright as God's, the future is bright as God's promises. And I know a lot of you are depressed over all this. I am too. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed over sometimes the church situations and running off preachers. I thank God that I haven't been run off in these 40 years. And, um, you know, I, I'm really upset about this shooting. You know, I, I really, it's, it's been brought closer to my heart because of Trent and uh, his brother and his mom texted me this morning and said, I wish I could be there to, to hear the message. Of course, she can listen in on the internet like some of y'all do on Sunday night. But, um, you know, I believe the prospect of the future is bright as God's promises. And I don't believe we ought to be down and out. It's all right to be concerned and broken. And I think America ought to have some sackcloths and ashes on I believe we ought to be concerned about our America because it sure isn't the good old days anymore. And Jesus is coming soon. But I believe, folks, the believer has a great prospect. It's found in verse 20 and to the end of the chapter. Let's read it. If you'll stand on all the Word of God, verse 20 and 21. For our conversation, way of life, citizenship, is in heaven. From hence also, Philippians chapter 3, for you that haven't been here in the last four weeks. Hope you have. It says, our conversation or citizenship is in heaven, from whence also, here's the key words, we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Savior, not a Savior. Then look at verse 21. 
who shall change our vile bodies, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. You know what that last phrase says? He's still on the throne, he's still Lord, and he's coming again. And that ought to change our life. The doctrine of the second coming ought to be one of the doctrines that change our life totally. Because folks, we ought to live in anticipation. But we ought to live with a great prospect that he's coming. And praise God, there'll be no more battles. There'll be no more war zones in the school zones. There'll be no more killings. We'll be in heaven forever with him. I might get Brother Randy to sing that song he sang Wednesday night at the closing of the service. Get ready, Brother Randy. Beulah Land. What a blessed service we had Wednesday night. Thinking about heaven. And I'm going to preach on that again this morning. You may be seated as I pray. Father, my heart's so full, I don't know where to start. And God, I definitely don't want to ramble. I want to preach your word. And God, I thank you for my citizenship. I thank you, dear God, that my home is heaven. And my king is Jesus. And God, one day I'm going to face you face to face. And I pray that I'll hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I'm glad that he's not going to award celebrities. And I'm glad he's not going to award just heroes of the society, but God, He's going to reward servants that have been faithful. And so, Lord, help us to be faithful and to live by faith. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, our conversation, that word literally means colonial or uh, community, denotes uh, that we're foreigners. We're just foreigners. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something, folks, we shouldn't get so acquainted with this world. Uh, this morning, uh, uh, Andrew and I was waiting on Brother Scott to teach, and they wanted us to sing. And I want to tell you something, we sang, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through, praise God. And then he said, I'll, uh, and I let him sing that by himself, then he, he called on me and said, Brother Wayne, I want you to sing Living by Faith, and I want you to sing it with me. And so, boy, we were letting it rip, we was waking up people. I don't know why they dismissed us after the song, but I'm telling you, we had a good time. And those old, uh, older, I don't call people old anymore, uh, those older dear ladies, and some of them are missionaries from the past, and godly ladies, uh, they were smiling and excited and says, you got another one. I said, no, I ain't, got, I ain't got enough time for Scott to teach. Praise God, I'm going back to Sunday school. But I want to tell you something, friend, this is not my home. I am just passing through. I have to remind myself of that. If not, I'll get totally depressed about the condition of this world about the vileness of this body. You know, I'm getting older, you're getting older, we're all getting older. Uh, the world's full of disease and problems and trials and sickness. My dear uh, brother, I was thinking about Brother Gary this morning, Brother Al, and I thought how miserable he must be on Sunday morning that he can't get out of that bed, and if they'd let him, he would because he's just that stubborn. But if, they, if, if, if he's got to be just heartbroken, he can't be in his pulpit this morning because that fell in liver and because that fever and because he's in the hospital. So I thank God I got health enough to be here. Miss Nell pointed out uh, a couple of years ago, she said, I don't think you've ever missed a Sunday because you were sick. Now, I slept in a few times, but I've never missed it. And I said, you know, uh, Miss Nell, I hadn't kept up with that, but I think you're right. And I said, thank God for health, amen. Thank God for strength. And, you know, I'm telling you, friend, it's been a blessing uh, to have these years. But I want to tell you something. God help us if we get all tied up in this world and forget that one day we need to look. The word look in the Greek literally means uh, eagerly, wait with patience, 
and to wait expectantly and, and zoom in or focus in on Him and not them. And on Him and not all this junk going on in this world that I'll preach on tonight. I'm telling you folks, we belong to another world and thank God soon we're going to be with Him. Soon this world's going to be our past tense and we're going to be in heaven forever. We're going to live in eternity and I can't wait. Praise God. I'm not like the little fellow in the front row. He, the, the preacher one time said, how many want to go to heaven? And everybody raised their hand except one little boy. And afterwards the preacher looked at the little boy and said, why didn't you raise your hand? Don't you want to go to heaven? He said, yeah, but I thought you was getting up a load today. You know, you know, I'm not trying to rush it. My wife says I am the way I drive, but I'm going to tell you something, friend. I thank God that as soon and very soon, all this violence, all this wickedness, all the things over in the Middle East is happening, all the terrorism, all the famines and malignant disease without cure, and all the uh, shortages and all the political uh, jargon and all the unrest that's in, a, in the world is signs of the time that He's coming. And so ready or not, you need to be ready, amen? And you need to live by faith. And that's what I want to dwell on uh, just a little bit, maybe jump text just a minute. But I want to tell you something, friend. If you want to have a great judgment seat of Christ, you need to not live by feelings. And you definitely don't need to live by focus, what everybody else is doing. If, if we did that, we'd all have rock and roll music this morning and have a hoedown. Or not a hoedown, a concert. Hold down's country, isn't it? Praise God. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> we ain't going there either, praise God. Uh, we're not substituting anything for preaching. Dramas are good, but they're not, it's not important in preaching. <clears throat> Singing's good, but it's not important in preaching. Because, folks, this is God's Word, and God's Word tells us that we ought to look and be focused <clears throat> and have uh, faith, not just live by feeling. Deacon committee, I don't want to dwell on this much because I'll, I'll get negative. <clears throat> Went to the preacher and said, we want you uh, out of here by Sunday. And all five of the deacons said, you're gone. And you have no recourse, no rebuttal. And he said, well, could you give me the reason that you are firing me? He says, because we're not happy. Now folks, I want to say this. I think we ought to be happy people. But before you can be happy, you must be holy. Amen. And we're not just coming here for happiness. We're coming here to be like Jesus and sometimes that's brokenness, sometimes that is uh, repentance, and sometimes that's going to the mourner's bench and saying, I'm not exactly like God as I should be, and get right with God. And then you will get up from that altar, and you will live Monday a lot happier. <clears throat> Say amen. There is a cost to gladness. There's a cost to happiness. And folks, I believe the whole cure is that we should not live by focus or feelings or finagling or... Uh, 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 finances, we ought to live by faith. Live by faith. Every day, we ought to get up and live by faith. I beg you, as pastor of this church for 39 and 9 tenths years or whatever it is, <clears throat> don't lose your pioneer spirit. Don't get settled. Uh, if we fill this auditorium, this sanctuary up, fill up another one or start another service. You fill up your sons who class birth another one. Uh, if you see one soul saved, go after the family. You visit one time a month, go, go twice. I'm saying, folks, we need not settle. My son, uh, Stephen, preached a message about five or six years, maybe ten years ago, on anniversary. I think it was the 30th anniversary. That was ten years ago. 
see, I'm, still, I'm a math major, uh, 30 years ago, uh, 30th anniversary, 10 years ago, and the message on that Sunday night, I'll never forget it, was don't settle. Don't settle. We can't afford to settle. But folks, we've got to live by faith. And so we, our conversation, our vigor, our values, our performance, quote-unquote, our obedience, our action, is based on a look. <clears throat> and that look is a look of faith. I believe you ought to believe that Jesus is coming soon. I believe we ought to believe that we're believers and we ought to be different. We ought to live godly. I believe we ought to stamp an impression, as that Bible says in verse 17, an ensample. I get trouble reviewing. The ensample to others. We ought to burn an impression on people that God is real by living it. But how do you live it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11 in closing. Hebrews chapter 11, I think I'll start early. <clears throat> I've been closing for 40 years. But look, one day I will close. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and I want you to see someone that looked for a city and looked for the Savior, and he did it by faith. And God used Abraham in a special way. Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith. <clears throat> Don't you love that? All through this hall of fame of faith. By faith. Don't figure how you're going to serve God or figure because you'll figure out how you can't serve God. Just by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place he should after receive for an inheritance. Obeyed. Keyword. And he went out not knowing whether he went. Isn't that great? And you know something? His wife went with him. <laughs> Reminds me of what Connie did. 39, 40 years ago, she went with me. Thank God she did. By faith, listen to this, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. And this world should be strange to you. Do you feel too at home? Dwelling in the tabernacles or tents with Isaac and Jacob and the heirs with him of the same promise. For he, here's why I jumped to this, this scripture, looked, the same word, looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah received her strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promise. Therefore sprang uh, there even a one of him as good as dead, so many of the stars of the skies and multitude as the sands which is the seashore innumerable and these all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them, seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them. Strong word, persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And they, listen, and they that say such things declared plainly, they seek, listen now, they seek a country. A tr and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned or backslid. But now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. I want to just take these verses real quick and tell you folks, there is a price 
Praise God, folks, there's a premise, excuse me, of faith. It says in verse 8, look at it with me, please. Take a few notes. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called. I believe with all my heart, the premise of faith, the platform of faith, the foundation of faith is that we've all been called. We've been called to be believers. We've been called not to be uh, dwellers on this earth, but dweller, uh, uh, pilgrims passing through, sojourning our life with fear. And that's the fear of God. And that's the respect of God. I'm telling you, friend, we live in a day and age where people are trying to blend in, where people are trying to uh, feel colloquial and, and uh, compromise and contemporary movement going on where everybody doesn't want to offend somebody and they always want to be like everybody else and invite the world into the church and into their home and they say, well, I'm living by faith. No, they're not. The premise of faith is we've been called unto God and called out of this world. Can somebody say amen? God, folks, God has called us to be Christ-like. And that's positive separation. We should be separated unto God and separated from the world. And so there's a premise of our faith that we ought to be different, pilgrims, pastors. Then there's a purity of our faith. It says he was called to go out. Hey folks, God calls us to himself, but he also calls us to come out from among them and be ye what? Separate. That's what got my friend in trouble. He preached a little separation, and people don't like it. But I want to tell you something. I'll preach it if y'all vote on me this Wednesday, and I'll never get to uh, celebrate my 40th anniversary. Please don't, because I sure am looking forward to the banquet. But uh, listen, God, God help us. God help us to realize there's a purity of faith. Abraham was to leave his country, Genesis 12, 1. And I want to tell you what he was also to leave. If you'll go back to Joshua chapter 24, look at it with me. Joshua chapter 24 and, and verse 2, what was his country like? And what was his people like? That's what I want to ask you. And the Bible says in Joshua 24 and verse 2, the Bible says, And Joshua said to all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwell on the other side of the flood in the old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. Abraham's people was idolaters. Amen? Once heard a preacher uh, used to attend our church and said there was idolaters. No, they were idolaters. Amen? And if you are an idolater, you will be idle for God. But I want to say this, friend. Folks, the, pri the, 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 the purity is that we come out from idolaters. Faith promotes separation from evil. Can somebody say amen? Faith does not frat, frat, uh, fraternize with unbelief. We're not to be blending in chameleons. We're not to be like the world. We're to be like Jesus. We're to represent Christ. We're ambassadors. We are to represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and there ought to be a difference in our life. Come on, say amen there. And then I see the purity of faith go out, but I also see the price of faith unto a place. Now, folks, I'm glad that we're not just coming out. We'd be a bunch of Mormons. Yeah, they don't even drink tea. I was sipping my tea this morning. I said, praise God, I'm glad I'm not a Mormon. Amen. And I know Brother Howard's glad he's not one because they don't drink coffee either, brother. You'd, back, you'd be a backslidden Mormon. But anyway, uh, listen, listen to me. I want to tell you something, friend. You can do all the things and you can dot your eyes and try to keep the commandments and have all the rules and regulations you want to, but I'm going to tell you something, folks. What you ought to be in your life is pleasing God and loving God. 
Amen. So I love my wife so much, I don't love other women. That's separation. I also love living. Praise God, she'd kill me. But I'll tell you, friend, listen, there's a purity. We go out, but praise God, there's a price. We go in. Folks, and we come in, and it takes a price. You'll lose your best friends if you live for God. You'll lose the crowd. Amen? You'll lose your popularity sometimes and the applause of this world. But you won't lose God's applause. And praise God, you ought to get a new family called the church. Say amen. Oh, friend, I have a problem with people who never come to church and their best friends are, are church criticizers. Yeah. I mean, they sit around and tell what's so bad about all the churches in the area. And folks, I want to tell you something. That's a dangerous group to be in because there'll be judgment upon that group. But I want to tell you something, folks. There's a price. Uh, it's a long ways from Ur to, to uh, Cana. Traveling was perilous back then. They didn't have the uh, seat belts and seat, uh, heated seats. I got a 2007. I love my heated seats. I just feel like I'm, I'm uppity, praise God. Leather seats. Praise the Lord. The only thing I don't have is a backup camera. Praise the Lord. Amen. I just asked my wife, turn around. Is anybody back there? But anyway, listen. <laughs> listen to me now. Listen to me. They didn't travel in ease like we do. Come on, you Lexus owners, say amen right there. They didn't travel uh, first class. They didn't fly across the world to see their daughter and, uh, and first, uh, in, in business class. Folks, they walked. They was on donkey back. They were on camel back. And I want to tell you something, folks. There was a price for him to go to another place. Traveling was fair. And the price of faith is not cheap today. It's going to cost you something. Why shouldn't it? It ought to be a living sacrifice. Everybody wants the easy way. Can somebody say amen right there? Everybody wants a convenient way, and everybody wants to have it easy and have fun. Well, I'm going to tell you something, folks. In these last days, it's not too much fun to represent God, but it's needed, and somebody needs to stand for God. Don't get me riled up, but the price of faith is that we get to serve God and, and, and sacrifice and serve Him and Him alone, and not be served by the world. Folks, grace is free, but it's not cheap. It wasn't easy for Jesus to go to Calvary. And so there's a price of faith into a place. Just taking every phrase of this verse. And then I see the patience of faith. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive, Folks, after received. It means Abraham had to wait on his blessings. He had to wait a long time. And faith is patient. And I want to tell you something. Another thing is we live in an instant grit society. I love grits. Amen. Come on, Brother John. Where are you at there? I love grits. Don't give me hash browns with my eggs. I like grits. You know, and all the Yankees said, oh me. But listen. I don't adulterate them with sugar either. But I'll tell you this. Listen. Listen to me. Listen to me. Sometimes I can get a little, Connie's busy or she's had a rough night or I've had a rough morning or I've studied too long and it's past breakfast time. I can just throw in that little old thing of instant grits. and Praise God. In two minutes, I got my grits and I put a little grits with my butter and I just get with it. Amen. Eat this healthy stuff called manna from heaven, grits. But folks, I want to tell you something. That's the way our society is. We want it now or yesterday. 
Say amen. We don't want to wait on God. We don't want to tarry. We don't want to have all night prayer meetings. We don't want to have cottage prayer meetings. We don't want to have prayer and fasting. We just want to have revival. And come on in here, Brother Reed, and bring it to us in April. Shortcut society. But I want to tell you what we need as pilgrims, as we look to Jesus, we need to have a Holy Ghost dose of faith and patience. Patience. Faith is patient. But praise God, I see the promise of faith. It says an inheritance. Faith receives the best promises. Because why? Bad English. Why? Because they're God's promises. And folks, they'll always be fulfilled. God promises you an inheritance. I can't get over these people that think you can lose your salvation and they live in fear and tribulation, and then they get saved 15 times. Say, born again, 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 and again, and again, and again. No, it's a gift. It's eternally life. And you don't live like you want to. You don't want to live uh, for the world when you're saved. And you are scared to. God chastens His, His children. Say amen. That's what's wrong with our society. I'll deal with that a little bit tonight. We need some discipline in the home. We need some fear of God when people show up at the schoolroom. Fear of God, not the fear of law. A fear of being bullied. I'm sick and tired of that phrase. Folks, we need to fear God. Amen. That'll keep somebody from shooting a, a dear, innocent 15-year-old girl named Bailey and a 15-year-old girl boy named Preston and crushing their parents' life and crushing their little brother's life that looked up to him as a hero. Folks, we need faith. But we need the kind of faith that realizes, thank God, one day we're out of here and there's an inheritance and there's heaven and that'll encourage you that there is a finish line and that finish line is the helmet of salvation. You can't lose it. You're going to heaven. And thank God for it. And that's my beautiful lamp. And I get excited when somebody sings it. Amen, Miss Nancy. Thank you for your testimony Wednesday. And I want you to look at the, another phrase that says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into place. I not only like to read, uh, preach verse by verse, I just like to preach one verse. Word by word's good. Say amen. I'm not bragging on my preaching now. I'm bragging on the word. Every word's precious. Every word's dynamite. Every word's a jewel in a mine that we can dig out and treasure and Take home with us. And look at this. It says, go out into a place which we should have to receive for an inheritance. Here it is. Obeyed. Folks, that's the practice of faith. The practice of faith. That's what we need. We need practitioners of faith. Time flies when you're having a good time. I hope it flies for you. You know, folks, listen. Faith obeys divine commands. Faith, unbelief is the, folks, is the root of rebellion. The sin of un, unbelief is rebellion. It's the sin of witchcraft, the Bible says. That's right. And folks, I want to tell you something. Here's how you prove you have faith. Don't go around saying, I'm a believer. Good. You ought to be. He's very believable. 
1,500 years, 44 different authors, 66 different books, not one contradiction. You can't believe this book, you can't believe any book. Say amen, Brother Jeremy. You're going to preach on it a few Sunday nights. We believe the King James Bible, too, is preserved and inerrant for God's English-speaking people. We'll get to that later. But folks, listen. You don't just say it, you obey. Well, I love my parents. We'll obey them. I love God. We'll obey Him. You say you love God, keep His commandments. Then He'll answer your prayers. That's what the Bible says, John 14, 15. And so we see the practice of faith. But then we see the perplexity of faith in verse 8, the last phrase, as He went out not knowing whether He went. You know, here, here we go. Faith is not always easy. You know, we need to walk in the light that God provides. I've said this very, very many times, and I'll say it again. We don't get in our cars and wait for the light to shine on downtown Chattanooga. We just go through the revealed light that God gives us, or we'd be stagnant. A lot of people say, well, I'm just going to wait and see the end. No, don't see the end. See, today is the day of faith, and now is the next step of faith. And day by day, you discover God's will, and you respond to God's will. It's day by day. And folks, I want to tell you something. We walk in the light that God provides. And He only illuminates the road well enough for us to travel in that light. I'll just be honest with you, and I want to be very candid. If I saw all the heartaches and all the problems and all the people that's broke my heart over the 40 years, I'd have never came to this town. But God showed me just enough light. One more day, one more week. And a lot of times we look, want to look the whole story. I'm glad God doesn't show us the whole story. Now he'd probably show me you and I'd say, I'll come anyway. Because you're a blessing. And I've seen the fruit of your salvation and your children's salvation, your grandchildren's salvation. That's worth it all. That's worth it all. One soul's worth it all. But I'll tell you, friend, God knows that we can only take a little light at a time. <laughs> but you need to walk in that light. And I'll tell you, a lot of people are looking for the end of the story and they're not moving and they're not, hey, they're not sweeping the room they're in and thinking God's going to give them a bigger room. That was South Georgia theology by Paul Forsyth that trained me. Because I went two years before I started this church, I said, I'm going to go start a church. This place is a mess. It's divided down the middle. They're threatening you. I don't know. I said to myself, I don't know why in the world you took this church. Uh, the pastor uh, had an affair that you just are following. He's killed his wife. Uh, I'm out of here. I'm going to BUA, Baptist University of America, Brother Paul. And then I said, he said, no, you don't need to go there. I said, well, I'm going to go start a church. He said, you ain't ready because you ain't mean enough. I went back in my office and laid on my desk and said, I, I'm not going to be in the ministry. I had to be mean. And that was South Georgia terminology for him. I mean, you wasn't tough enough. You're not experienced enough. He says, you're going to stay here two more years. I said, I am. He said, yeah, you're going to stay here two more years. And I want to tell you something. During those two years, God put me through some things with him to condition my heart to stay here. And I thank God for it. So faith is not always easy because there's trouble. There's trials. There's heartbreaks. There's unexplained, can I say it, challenges. I'll just say it. Problems! 
Amen. Tribulation. In this world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, John 16, 33. But can I just say this, friend? God expects us to walk in all the light that we have and then come to the edge of the darkness. They're not tried over there. And take one more step. And folks, if we have a promise, that's our foundation to take that step. And then we just walk a little bit in that light. And then there's darkness. We don't know what the future is. We don't know what the outcome is. We don't know what's going to happen. And we just take one more faith, one more step. And he becomes our light in the darkness. How many of you wanted to quit this year already? I have heard, not through gossip, but through you sharing your heart with my wife, that some of you have faced some terrible obstacles already this year. Your heart has been broken by sin and broken by sinners. Now you've got to make a decision. Am I going to go by my feelings and quit? And shake my fist at God and say, God, I'm not, I don't like this situation? Or are you going to come to the edge of that darkness and say, I'm going to take one more step. Amen. And trust you to hold my hand and carry me and be my light. And folks, that's the test of faith. I'm glad God didn't call, call us to an easy way, but He called us to a way that glorifies God. And sometimes that's through trials and tribulation. And the world wants to look on and say, well, why are you having trouble? You're supposed to be a Christian. Well, folks, there's a bigger plan from you just being happy and having everything go your way. It's His glory. And folks, the way that you glorify God and Abraham glorified God was He went on anyway. And He was separated anyway. And he was faithful anyway. And praise God, God blessed him in so many ways. I want to just give you one more. I got 21 of these in, this, in these verses, but I'm going to give you just eight tonight, this morning. And I, and I really want to continue it, so I'll do that Sunday week. But folks, there's the prudence of faith. There's the wisdom of faith. Look at verse 9. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise. Folks, <clears throat> this might not seem like such a big deal and it might not seem like such a great place, but this is your land of promise if you're in the will of God. And uh, I want to tell you something, it's the only place to live. I have no regrets. God calls me home today. I have no regrets. Folks, the will of God is a place of divine promise. Through faith, you look for that city, the foundation maker, builder was maker was God, but he said, by faith he sojourned in the land. That means he just stepped out by faith and kept on moving and kept on obeying, kept on sacrificing, kept on worshiping. He had some backsets, he lied. Called his wife his sister. Wasn't perfect, was he? By any means of them. But folks, many like it better in the dens of iniquity. They like it better with the sinful pleasure sinners of this world. And they like the feelings and they like the, uh, the fanciness and the sensationalism of the moment. And they sacrifice eternity on the altar of immediacy because they want to live by feelings and they want to live by 
being popular. They want to live in this world as if it's the end of the story. Folks, the prospect of the believer is there's a better country and there's a better place. And thank God there's a better person. That's what we'll learn in Hebrews Sunday week in our new series in Sunday school to serve than man. And so the prospect of the believer is pretty good. Matter of fact, it's not pretty good, it's real good. He's coming. He's coming soon. And we're going to be caught up in the twinkle of an eye and be with him. But until then, we ought to do more than just keep on singing. We ought to keep on serving. By faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you, dear God, for this passage. Thank you, God, for Philippians chapter 3. And thank you for ending it on such a positive note. The prospect of heaven. Lord, I thank you for Beulah Land. And I thank you, dear God, that we ought to long for a better country. We ought to long to be with Jesus. We ought to long... God, to uh, one day stand at the judgment seat of Christ and hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. <clears throat> because we've been faithful. But Lord, we haven't just been faithful out of duty. We haven't been faithful out of commandment, submission. We've been faithful out of love. Because Lord, we know that you came to this earth and made all this prospect of heaven possible through the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Lord, I thank you for eternity. I'm going to be with you forever there, and I'm looking forward to it. But until then, please help me to be faithful. Please, Lord, help me to practice faith by obedience. God, help me to Enjoy faith, knowing that it's better than being in a sinful world of iniquity and living for that applause of the crowd and peer pressure and living for you because you're worthy.